people really need to understand that. So um, I know a lot of people, they stop their project because they're like, I'm teaching something that already exists, but actually no. Even if the topic exists, even with kind of the same name and same curriculum of whatever, who you are make the whole difference. So people should just keep it on and don't think about others and just being themselves and and push it uh, till the end. Have you heard of the handpan? Me either. But it's an instrument that I can only describe as a steel drum that looks like a UFO. But don't worry. World-renowned handpanned expert David Charrier is here to teach us more about this fascinating instrument. David was one of the earliest people to start playing the handpan in 2004. And after years of his own self-training and discovery, he started to play around the world. In this episode, we'll learn how David transformed his passion for a unique, newer instrument into an online school fully dedicated to teaching the art of the handpan. And although his topic couldn't be more niche, and it's taken years to develop his craft, he's found a way to reach thousands of online students. Let's learn how he did it. Welcome to Everything is Teachable, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes to learn how everyday creators have transformed their skills and passions into online courses and businesses. To introduce this week's episode, here's your host, Melissa Guller. Hey everyone, I'm Melissa from Team Teachable, and today I'm here with David Charrier. A musician of multiple instruments, David is passionate about exploring rhythms and melodies. In 2004, he discovered the handpan, or as he describes it, a sound sculpture with enchanting tones. David's passion for studying music has allowed him to share his music around the world. Whether solo, as a duo, or with a bigger group, he has always loved helping people discover the handpan. And as he grew his international acclaim, he started traveling often to share masterclasses and teach others how to play. In order to continue to encourage and train as many handpan instrumentalists and enthusiasts as possible, David launched his online school in 2016 called masterthehandpan.com. And today he has over 4,000 students enrolled and learning the magic and mastery of a truly unique instrument. So David, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hi, Melissa. Hi, everyone. I know we're so excited to hear more about you and the handpan, which I'm sure has already brought up questions for listeners. So how about to start off, you can tell us, you know, what is the handpan? Not a particularly common instrument. And how did you learn to play? Yes. Yeah, that's actually a very, uh, a very unusual instrument. A lot of people have this kind of joke, like, you know, it looks like an UFO or a wok or a barbecue, whatever. It's it does actually, kind of look like a barbecue. It, yeah, it, it looks like this kind of barbecue thing. It's, I mean, for those who have never seen it, it's, it's really like two woks stick together. So it has this UFO shape made of steel. And it's actually, it's ancestor is the steel pan from Trinidad, you know, south of the Caribbeans. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the, the steel pan. And so this instrument is kind of a, a V2 of the steel pan. 
Hmm. So how did you hear about this UFO of an instrument? Yeah, so I was in a party. It was late at night, and uh, someone told me, David, I know you are kind of a geek with percussive instruments, but you've never seen this one over there. Come with me. I was like, okay, let's give it a look. And I just saw this guy surrounded by a, a crowd, and he was playing this piece of steel, but with such an amazing and magical sound. So that's how I discovered it now, like 15 years ago. Oh, so you had already been playing some other instruments then, it sounds like? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of percussion, any style, any influence. I've been playing a lot of hoodoo, U-D-U, you know, this kind of clay instrument you play with the air, really North African, Indian. I've been playing cajon, drum kits, anything Mm -hmm. that makes sound. (laughs) Now I can see why a friend might recommend this instrument to you. Feels like you might be a bit of a collector of fun instruments. Yeah, I have some pretty weird ones. But this (laughs) one was actually the the best ever. Mm, So this best ever instrument. How did you learn how to play? I can't imagine there are too many qualified teachers. It was, I mean, the, the, the creators of this instrument, they didn't teach us to play. So we just bought this instrument and we were... I mean, in France, that's where I am. I think you can guess by my accent. Mm-hmm. We were only two or three people in 2004 playing this instrument. So no method, nothing. We were just applying the skills, the techniques we had from other percussive instruments. So it was just random exploring the instrument, how it reacts, how it, how to make the best sound. And so it's, it was brand new for us. So I'm I'm a self-taught. That's what I was about to ask. I was going to say, so you're totally self-taught. Yeah, there was literally no one able to teach back in 2004. Hmm. So how long were you playing the handpan before perhaps somebody asked you, hey, how could I learn how to do that? Hmm. I think I spent four years alone. I didn't know anyone else playing the handpan. I stayed at home exploring the instrument, and 2008, first handpan gathering ever. So it was kind of an international uh, gathering in London, close to London, and there were 25 people. Woo! Huge gathering, and but it was amazing to see other people playing this instrument. I was like, oh, you guys also play this weird thing. Uh, how did you get one? How do you play it? Let's share. Let's exchange what we found on the instrument. Yeah, I'm sure that must have been so fun to finally have other people to bond with about this instrument that I'm sure most of you didn't know anyone else playing at the time. Yeah, at that time. And there was maybe a thousand instruments in the whole world in 2004, even less. Hmm. So yeah, maybe three by country, (laughs) three or four by country. That's interesting. I've never really considered how many instruments there are in the world, and surely the number's only growing all the time, which means there's a growing need for new methods and instructors all the time, too. Yeah, now it's growing a lot because at that time, only one guy was able to build them, Felix from Bern in Switzerland. And we, we've had to wait till 2009 to really have some other makers, but till 2010, there was only two, three, four makers in the world. And just for numbers, uh, right now, there should be around 250 makers. Wow. 
So I'm sure that's had a big influence on how many people not only want to learn, but maybe have access to an instrument at all to learn. Exactly. It's growing exponentially and it's getting crazy. And now there's a lot of demand for learning. There's a lot of teachers also, you know, and uh, the instrument is really at its early age. Yeah, that's an exciting time to be part of an instrument becoming well-known or well-played. So at what point did you shift from just playing it on your own to moving into either teaching or Mm. how did that evolve? So, yeah, good question. I have always loved sharing what I was discovering on my instrument. Uh, Hope I'm not pretentious to say that, but I've been known internationally quite soon, traveling around the world, sharing my music and stuff. So I got asked a lot, David, can you teach me some stuff? So in the beginning, it was one or two guys, sometimes every month. And then it got into a a lot of demand. So I started to organize workshops, group workshops here and there in France, then in Europe. Then I got invited, USA, China, everywhere to teach. So it it grew a lot, Uh, but it all started with just some one-on-one, one-to-one lessons. And then I tried Skype. I tried so many things. Uh, It was cool. How did those Skype lessons work? Is it possible to teach an instrument over Skype? (sighs) Honestly, no. The instrument is reversed. I mean, if you have a a Skype lesson with me, my right is on your left. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. So that's tricky, you know. So I would need either a camera from above, from above my head, so that my right will be on your right. And, you know, with the lag, connection, time zone, uh, It's kind of hard. Hmm. It must be. And even little things, like it must be on a smaller screen, hard to see where is somebody's hand hitting. And it must just be more difficult for you as the instructor too. Oh, yeah. And it's really tiring and difficult because the audio is not very good. It's lagging. And it was good, but I'm glad I moved into some online courses where I could control everything. Mm. So you were teaching in person around the world which is amazing. Yeah. And so how did that evolve? What what went online first? Okay. So I got married and I knew I should slow down a little bit traveling, you know, so that was a kind of a first uh, first <laughs> thing. I was like, okay, first I need to slow down traveling. And then I had these two friends, they were reading some books about marketing, Jeff Walker, all this kind mm-hmm. of guy. And they told me, David, stop traveling. I was like, okay, guys, but how can I make my living out of my concert and teaching and everything? They said, David, you should just do some online courses. And I was like, what? Is it possible? How? Where? When? Blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. so they just gave me the idea. And I was like, okay, rather than touring all around the world to give these workshops, I'm going to just record my workshop, literally what I'm teaching over there, I'm going to record it at home and let's give it a try. And so they told me there's a great platform we are already using called Teachable. And they really loved the punchline, like everything is teachable. And I was like, for sure, even the, the hand pen is teachable <laughs> and I'm going to give it a try. So I just started with Teachable. I locked the door, stayed in my bedroom for hours and hours and I recorded 70 videos 
Wow. So those seven or eight videos, how long about was each one of those? So I knew already before getting into all these online things and all these tips about the length, I knew that people need to learn step by step. You know, there are too many things to consider. You need to touch the instrument correctly at the right tempo with blah, 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 blah. I knew I should go step by step, the groove itself, then applying it with notes and blah, blah, blah. How, how do you say going one difficulty at a time? Like layers. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, like one one lesson at a time or one, one skill at a time. One skill at a time, exactly. So I knew I couldn't I should do some videos from five to ten minute maximum. And also mm-hmm. I just know people are busy and they cannot just see a video of 45 minutes and click here and there. Uh, no, they needed a great curriculum with really step-by-step uh, lessons. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved what you said too. Not just is it step by step, but they need time to actually pick up an instrument and play. And if you had an hour long video, I'm mm-hmm. guessing some people might not even try to pick up the instrument until the video was over. Oh, yeah. People are busy, lazy, procrastinating. Mm-hmm. And so if they open a lesson and they sit six minutes, yeah, I have time while, or while the water is boiling or while... Uh, the baby is sleeping or, you know, so. That's a great point. It makes it feel very attainable. Like six minutes, I can do this. 60 minutes? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, and we're all the same. You know, when you scroll uh, a blog post, you Mm -hmm. scroll and on the side, you look at this gray little button and you see how long is going to be the the article. (laughs) And if you can, if you see you can make it within 10 minutes, you're like, let's go. That's such a good point. So it's good for listeners. Just always imagine, you know, what is your reader? What is your student thinking? How much time do they really have? And if you could break it down into bite-sized chunks, they're probably more likely to think, okay, let me do this. Exactly. So you built your first course. You said it had seven or eight videos. Mm -hmm. How did you get it out in the world and get some of those first students? So I had already, before launching anything, I had already a lot of contact. I'm a social guy i had this website i was online on youtube on facebook i mean where the people are i was already on this facebook group about the instrument its accessories and everything you know so i had already a lot of people following me so but before launching the course i really made sure people were aware about my new course so i just opened a landing page saying guys Now it's going to be possible to learn from me at home, wherever you are, whenever you want. You don't depend on my availability on Skype. You don't need to wake up at 2 a.m. in order to have a Skype lesson with me in France. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be possible. I have my biggest ever project going on and follow me, sign up and you will be notified, receive the news and maybe some exercises for free mm-hmm. to try it out. And and you had said you were in all these different communities, even, you know, when you were traveling, doing all the workshops, you had built up a little bit of a, a name for yourself over, what, yeah. four plus years you had said yeah. you were playing? Yes. I think that's so important because it's easy to feel like somebody could launch an online course and then students are just waiting, but why can't that happen for me? Mm-hmm. But I think behind the scenes, a lot of people launching online courses, they've been really cultivating both their expertise and even mm-hmm. their their knowledge in groups. Maybe they've become known as somebody who mm-hmm. really contributes knowledge about something. And so people are aware of them. 
And that takes mm-hmm. a lot of time to build up. It doesn't just happen overnight. Yes, it takes a lot of time. And I, I mean, 90% of the job has been done before I even discovered Teachable. Mm. 90% of the job was traveling, giving business card, being nice with the people, not even in order to think about later on selling anything, but just that's me. I'm really social, always speaking about what you're doing, being on YouTube, releasing some, some great videos, commenting, posting, being there, putting your name into people's head and just giving, giving things. And uh, so I I grew that kind of database within the years without even thinking about selling later on something. I think that's so important because this instrument is something you're really passionate about. You mentioned earlier you enjoy teaching, sharing your knowledge, and you were already doing it even with no necessary exchange for money in different forms like YouTube or online. That's something that if listeners are tuning in and just imagine whatever topic you might want to be creating an online course about. Imagine putting in all of this work, creating some kind of content, whether it's a YouTube or a podcast Mm. or a blog. Mm. Imagine just participating in different communities and being helpful. And if that idea doesn't excite you, Mm. then it's going to be really hard to put in the work it takes to build an online course and build an audience. Yeah. And I think if you had asked people from all these festivals, I was going to many festivals and you tell them, hey, how is David Charrier? They would say, this guy loves teaching. Even Mm -hmm. before doing anything online, I was known for the guy who loves teaching. And I I love that. And I've always given and for free so many hours, so many of my time. You know, when I was at some festivals, I just see this guy playing his handband, he said, hey, David, I recognize you from YouTube. I was like, hey, how are you doing? And I was just sitting next to him, checking how he was playing, jamming with him, spending time, and giving kind of a little 15, 20 minutes bit of advice if he was asking. Like, I was yeah, giving for free. And so I was already a teaching lover. That's, I think, really important. I think that's a good takeaway for listeners. If it's not something that you would love to teach, then maybe reconsider what topic might be speaking to you. You need to be passionate because people, they feel it. They feel, and they don't want to buy only knowledge. They buy an environment. They buy kind of who you are. And I receive a lot of feedback like, this is more than an online course. It's kind of a coaching and a motivating. They tell me you are transmitting more than skill, you are transmitting your passion for this instrument and you keep us motivated to learn. And uh, That's so wonderful. I mean, first of all, congratulations. That's maybe the mm -hmm. highest praise you could possibly get from a student. Yeah. And I want to just go back to what you said. You said they don't just buy knowledge, they buy who you are. Yeah. I think that's such a big part of creating anything online. Mm -hmm. They're could be a dozen of other courses. I mean, maybe not a dozen handpan courses. You've got a little bit of a unique thing going here. But any topic, there could be dozens or even hundreds of people teaching that topic, but mm. they wouldn't teach it the way that you do or exactly. have the passion the way that yeah. you do or the style like you. So it really is unique what you're offering because of how you do it and who you yeah. are. And that's people really need to understand that. So um, I know a lot of people, they stop their project because they're like, I'm teaching something that already exists. But actually, no. Even if the topic exists, even with kind of the same name and same curriculum of whatever, who you are make the whole difference. 
So people should just keep it on and don't think about others and just being themselves and and push it uh, till the end. That's such great advice. Hmm. Going back to your online school, we talked about the first course launch. Talk me through what happened after that. How has it grown over time? So, yeah, know that it was really cheap, like one camera, one microphone. I didn't wait it to be very perfect. I just wanted to launch, you know, to say, hey, here it is. And then I knew I will redo it, adapt it, do some changes and stuff. So I, I had this 200 bucks camera, like a Canon, a hundred something, really like 200, uh, this microphone. And so I realized this course, it was a big, big uh, launch, like a lot of students uh, enrolled in the first day. They were ready and eager to buy. And after that, I just realized it in English. So I started in French, then English. And then I just did, okay, that's the beginner course. I'm going to do intermediate. So I shot again, 70 videos for intermediate, both English and French. And then I was like, okay, should I teach some advanced stuff? Will people really buy some advanced? You know, when you're an advanced player, you're more willing to just share and talk with some other advanced players. Maybe you don't buy. So I was like, okay, let's pause the advanced content. And I realized I, I had taught almost everything I knew. I mean, 70% and the, the other 30%, no one will be really interested in. So I decided to open the door to other teacher. Mm. I was like, now nah, I, grew, I grew up a big database with a lot of students. I reached 4,000 students. And I was wow. like, okay, that's, let's give it a try. So I contacted some friends some of the top world players. And I said, guys, I have all these students. I have all these emails. The school is now known, well-referenced. Would you like to join the adventure and uh, shoot your own masterclass? I was really uh, influenced by, you know, masterclass.com? Yes, I'm it's familiar. Gavin Spacey, Jody Forster, Hans Zimmer, and all these guys. And I was like, let's do this for handpan. Let's bring out the top players. And so... I book a studio for three months and I invited all these guys one by one, one week each. And uh, we shot some tutorials and it's going to be released in October one by one so that my student can go further because I'm kind of limited, one guy, one style. And uh, I want my students to learn from other perspective, approaches, skills and everything. So now the school is growing a lot. Hmm. I think that's such a smart idea to expand and bring in more teachers. Because like you said, you have a specific style and you maybe had maxed out the teaching that you could do, but that mm. didn't mean that your students had maxed out on what they could learn. Mm. And so yeah. bringing in another instructor, another perspective, for anybody mm. listening, it could be a different skill set. It could be something complementary to what they had already taught. Exactly. And it's a really smart way to expand what your website can really do for people. Exactly. And yeah, and we're limited and it's nice. I mean, for people who want to do some online business to just think of what is complimentary to me, I'm going to release a course about how to stretch before you play the handpan. Because hmm. I would I, never have thought about that I, as me, somebody who does not play. Either. I met that woman. She said, oh, you really uh, 
your posture is bad. I was like, thank you. How can I make this better? She said, look. Thank you for noticing. Thank you for noticing. That's nice of you. And once she said that, ding, I was like, okay, I have an idea. And so we watched uh, hundreds of videos online. And I told her, look at all these players. What is bad? What is good? How can we make it better? And she analyzed everything. And we did a, an online school, an online course, sorry, about posture, stretching, the right height for the instrument, your back, your neck, your arms raised and everything. And we have this really valuable online course. So either I'm going to offer it as a bonus, you know, somewhere in my funnel, or I'm going to just sell it. I haven't thought about it yet, but... Well, what I love hearing you describe this too is you obviously know quite a bit about your instrument, but of course, most of us are lifelong learners and you learned quite a bit about your own posture, and I'm sure all of this, while you were working together. So mm. as the creator of Master the Handpan of the school, bringing in other experts must be fun for you as well to get to learn new things. Yes, exactly. I'm learning and I, I'm helping my students to be better in everything. So my goals still stay the same. I want to equip people to give them a maximum of tool, whether it's from me or from other people. And they feel this, that it's not only all about me, but I want to bring them a lot of different approaches, as I was saying, and skills and everything. So yeah, now they will be able to stretch themselves properly in order to last long on stage or at home. And yeah. It makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. I know you touched on your marketing funnel. So I'm curious, as much as you're comfortable sharing, what does your current marketing strategy look like? My strategy... So that's a tough word, but it's it's a strategy. I mean, it's an, it's how to make people happy and make money. And many people are like, hey, you're doing a big business or whatever. But I think it's very compatible to think about the people and the money. And so this is called for me a strategy. Uh, I cannot say, hi, everyone, I have a new course. It's 150 bucks. Buy now. I cannot do this. Even for me, when I go and try to buy something, I need a little taste of it. I need to see if the, the content is okay for me and blah, blah, blah. So what I'm doing actually is I'm just giving a lot, giving to people they can try. So my funnel is really, hey, you want to learn the handpan? Let's give it a try. Look at this exercise, another one another one, another one. And if you want to go further, I have a full course. All these videos are extracted from my full course, which has that amount of video. Here are the knowledge and the skills and the transformation. It will operate. And uh, if you want to go further, you can have the whole course and you can buy and I have some discounts. I always have a little timer for discounts mm -hmm. that helps people to make a decision. And I really like this uh, timer. It's a really ethical timer. I mean, when I say it's three days, it's really three days. If you refresh your page after three days, it's really over. And I'm using mm -hmm. a deadline funnel. Great, great tool. That is a great tool. And just in case this is new for people, why do you think it's so important to give that discount an end date versus letting it go on forever? <sighs> we are all the same. <laughs> we need a... We need the reason to buy and to make a choice. We are always p 
putting at tomorrow what we can do today. And if we have a great reason to buy now, we will do it. So this is why I'm offering bonus and I have this deadline just to help people to make a decision. And I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with this because I know my content is good. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not, I know I'm not cheating. I'm no, I know they will love it. I have 285 five stars. I have only one four star. Wow. So that's amazing. I, I know my, I know my content is good. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to say, Hey, I have a good, good discount, like 30% off, but I, I'm only giving it for three days. And so it reminds I'm, me of any time any of us have maybe a deadline at work or we have something that we've been putting off. Yeah. Unless there's an actual deadline, that work is never going to get done or that paper from college was never going to write itself. Yes. And everyone who, ha- who has a business or who works with the team, we all know we need a deadline in life for everything we're doing. Mm-hmm. We That's need a deadline. True. That's how we make choices. We know we have to move before this date. We have to prepare the bedroom for the baby before this date. We all have deadlines in everything. I think you said it perfectly. You said you need to give people a reason to buy. Yeah. And the reason is the end date. And I think that makes a ton of sense. And I, I loved, I wanted to circle back where you talked about giving certain videos that are actually parts of the longer course, giving people the ability to try before they buy and to yeah. sample I think that's such a smart move because it can feel very intimidating as a student, a prospective buyer, to just look at somebody's sales page and think, oh, I don't know this person really well. How am I going to know if I'll really like their course or learn anything? But your approach just puts that customer at ease because they can actually see it. Yeah. if, If they need to hear my voice, they need to see me. They need to say how I'm saying hi or goodbye, if I'm a funny guy or not, if I'm cold. They need to feel it and to see it. So they they just learn. And I'm not giving a bite of it. I'm giving a full free course. At the end of this free course, you can stop. Honestly, you can stop. You've learned cr- great stuff from zero till the end. I'm not giving 20 seconds of something. I'm giving the whole pattern, the whole rhythm, some variations. And then I'm giving another exercises. People are afraid to give. For example, I'm also giving my album free when they buy the course. People mm-hmm. are like, you give your album? Yeah, I don't care. I'm giving, I'm giving. So what I'm doing is I used to have two kinds of funnel. The first funnel was by email. Hey, uh, here is a free course. Tomorrow you will receive another one and tomorrow and again another one. And then I changed that. And now they have an access to eight videos over 70 eight videos, and they are already in the environment of Teachable. You know what I mean? Have you created a sample course and you've just put eight videos inside? Actually, I have duplicated my real course, Mm. and I have put at the top as a section uh, the free lessons. And so they can see that these lessons are available and they can scroll. They are in the environment of Teachable. They can scroll. They see the whole curriculum and they see its luck. So that really is just the perfect test experience because it is an online course. It's just not the full thing. It's not the full thing. And I really like the fact, and I'm repeating it, they are in the environment. It it used to be by email. One video, which was a private YouTube video, 
But I was like, let's bring them to the platform so that they can see how cool, how great looking, user-friendly is the platform. Because if they want to go further, this is where they will be learning. So they need to see the the, the platform. Mm-hmm. That's a great point because that's a big reason why you know we built Teachable in the first place. It was meant to be a tool, a platform for mm-hmm. creators. And then we just fade into the background the way that if somebody builds their website in WordPress or Squarespace, mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily how their website was built. I just know that this person looks really professional. And so same thing here. People will go into your course environment and it doesn't look like YouTube. It looks like a real online product and it looks really high quality. And there's, you know, a lot of thought that went into there because we want you to look really good. Yeah. And that's what I love about Teachable is the interface is very clean, very professional and people, they see that. And so the whole chain from my email till the end, everything is professional, everything is good looking, and that's very important. They are not on YouTube, on a private thing. Uh, I like mm-hmm. it better, this V2, this version two of my funnel. I like it. It makes a lot of sense. Well, hopefully p- listeners won't mind. I'll drop a quick link that if people do want to check out Teachable totally for free, you can visit teachable.com slash podcast, but absolutely no pressure to buy anything. Just feel free to poke around if you want to see what we're talking about. And of course, at the end of this episode, we'll also share a link to David's website so people can check out your courses too. And guys, go and give it a try to Teachable, honestly. And uh, no one asked me to say that. (laughs) But (laughs) honestly, I tried many things. I read many things and I'm staying. I'm staying on Teachable. It's been now three years and something. And honestly, very cool. Great uh, support and everything. So thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We're just too busy complimenting each other. I was going to say we're so lucky to have creators like you because this is certainly mm-hmm. the most fun part of my role here is getting to hear how creators like you have used the platform. Mm-hmm. And so to bring us back to listeners, mm-hmm. much as I would love to hear your compliments all day, they're very nice. Has there been any part of this online course creation journey for you that's been maybe unexpected or surprising? Huh. Honestly, I have been surprised by how many people were ready to buy and to learn there was a, a real demand and i think that when you have the right content that match their needs and the answers their questions it works i've been very surprised i when i started this business i was like honestly me and my wife we were like yeah it's, we're gonna make like five six hundred euros a month so that it helps you know and we've been surprised. That's now that my principal way of making a, a living. And we've been, yeah, now we have grown. I mean, now four people are in the team. We're doing a lot of other projects. It's growing a lot. I'm very surprised. Hmm. I think that's probably a common feeling to have because until you experience something like this yourself where you've sold you know, your first set of online courses and then more people come back. And in your case, your courses are high quality and I'm sure students are recommending it to friends and then it just Mm. continues to grow. I think that even in 2019 right now, it's surprising to many people how real the full-time income is that you Mm. can earn from teaching your knowledge online. And certainly we've seen it here at Teachable a thousand times over where we have Mm. creators earning their full-time income to support themselves and their families by teaching online courses. Yeah, yeah, full-time for me and full-time for 
one guy, my web guy is full-time and I have then two, three freelancers. They work part-time. And so it was also really cool to just to hire some people and to, that's fun. I was like, Hey, I'm an entrepreneur because <laughs> I were. was a nurse's aide before just to, to let you know. So you were, in other words, not in a very techie or computer oriented position before. No, nurse's aide at hospital. And then I made a living with my concerts, a bit of teaching, and then I went full-time in uh, online courses. And I have to say that I said no to many things to be focused on my online thing. And uh, even I received some friends, I mean, some friends told me, David, you should go back and do some stages and and concerts. And I was like, no, guys, for three years, I'm going to stop and be focused on my online thing. That's mm, also important. Yeah, three years working a lot. I think that that's so important. And I appreciate that you mentioned this, that you said no to things and that we've already talked about the four years that you were playing and then the three years that you've been building. I mean, this really does take a lot of, not just time, but a commitment to continue doing this. And it does not happen overnight and it doesn't just happen once. It happens because you did this every day. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you said four years, but I've been playing on my own four years before meeting people. Then I spent five more years doing concerts and everything. And in mm. 2016, I started the online course. So it was already total 11 years of practice, concerts and everything. Yeah. So there's wow. a lot I of mean, practice before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's certainly paying off now, but I think it's yeah. really... Like I said, I think it's a really important note to make is that you did not just wake up one morning and said, Mm. I'm going to learn this instrument and then teach it to somebody tomorrow. Exactly. I mean, this is a well-honed craft that you've had for years. Exactly. Well, before we go, I'd love to know what's next for you. You started hinting at, you know, other people on your team or just what are you thinking about? Um, Affiliation. We've launched that, doing some great partnership with people. This project that we're releasing starting on October, it's called Learn From The Best, you know, with all these players, all these people. And um, the future is still welcoming a lot of teachers so that it could be a platform with loads, tons of of, uh, masterclasses. So my future, maybe my answer is a bit cheap, but I'm not thinking about very, very far. I'm just moving to the next step. It's my priority, and I, I'm full time on that affiliation and launching new courses with some other players. You know, I love that though because you're focusing on today and, of course, a little bit into the future. But I think yeah. it's very um, grounded that you're imagining what could happen within the next few months, and certainly, I'm sure you imagine long-term success for your business. But the way you're doing that is thinking about, you know, what can we do next? Yeah. What a punchline, a saying I really like is what's best next. And that's Mm -hmm. something every, not every morning, but when we have a Skype meeting, whatever, I'm like, okay, guys, we have a lot of ideas. We are kind of overwhelmed. Sometimes you don't even sleep because you have too many things in your mind. Stop. And I'm saying to the team, stop. What's best next? And let's focus on that. But for sure, I have plans for the future, but I leave them somewhere. And maybe I work a bit on the ref, on the SEO for my future projects. I think that could be also smart is, okay, 
For example, if my future project is to sell handpens, let's say I want to sell handpens, it's not my priority right now, but I'm going to work on the SEO with this just to anticipate the future. Or maybe I'm going to open a, a landing page saying, hey, would you like Master the Handpan to select some cool instruments for you? You know, you might have a hard time to choose the right instrument, the right scale and everything. We are selecting the great, the best instrument for you. Drop your email. And as soon as we have some good news for you, we'll let you know. So mm, That's very thoughtful. It, it's my future project. Maybe one landing page, a bit of SEO on the website through nice blog articles and stuff and everything. But that's it. And I just focus mm -hmm. on my next move. Very smart. I like that. What's best next? I'm going <laughs> to think about that. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention before we go that one of my favorite things about your school, other than your clear passion for what you teach, is that I think a lot of people worry, am I picking a topic that is too niche that people won't want to come back or I won't have enough content. But you've built an entire business around one instrument, not even a fairly well-known instrument, one, mm. you know, fairly unique instrument. And it seems like the opportunities just keep growing for you mm. as you've continued to focus versus expanding into other instruments. Mm. So I love that about your approach. I mean, you are the handpan guy at this point, which is a <laughs> wonderful place to be in. It is. It is cool. Yeah. There are a lot of great other dudes, but uh, yeah, I, it was the right time also to do this. So, mm -hmm. um, and that's what I'm going to, I want to say to people also is if you feel like it's the moment, jump. Because right now, 20 people have the same ID as you. 10 will give it a try. Five will keep it on. <laughs> so uh, hurry up. <laughs> mm -hmm. And be the one who sticks it out. And be the one, yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that is perfect advice to end on. So, David, it's been such a pleasure having you. And if I ever come across a handpin somehow, yeah. maybe we'll see if I can add, do a little something. So, David, before we wrap up, do you have any final words of inspiration or just anything you'd like to share before we leave? Hmm. For listeners, I would say, guys, if you have, think about the three C's, a concept, content and communication. If you have a good concept, great content and a great communication, you'll be successful. If you have only two of those things or only one, it's not a good it's not a good thing. Work on all this great concept, the great content people they want some great content and then just communicate it well and you have all the tools for that. I would like to say something also real quick to my students, guys. I love you. I have a lot of projects for you. Drop me an email, say hi. I'll see you also on the private group and everything. Uh, I love you guys and I'll keep doing my best for you. And one last thing, just for you guys, Teachable, uh, if you could say hi to the team for me, Melissa, I'm enjoying a lot the platform and you guys actually are part of my success. Honestly, I'm not saying that for, yeah. Thank you so much. You are helping me a lot, providing me the right platform. And thank you very much. And if you can say that to the team, kind of, that would be great. Yeah, I'll absolutely pass that along. Well, David, just thank you again for joining. It was such a wonderful it time was. that we shared together, learning yeah. more about you and the handpan. Thank you, Melissa. Have a great one. 
Thank you for joining us this week. You can learn more about David, Master the Handpan, and Teachable in the show notes at teachable.com slash EIT16. That's EIT16. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes right when they're released. And if you're enjoying our show, we'd really appreciate a five-star review. On behalf of Team Teachable, we hope you enjoyed this episode about the handpan with David Charrier. We'll see you in the next episode of Everything is Teachable. This podcast is produced by Teachable, where our mission is to empower creators to transform their knowledge into income. To date, we've helped over 60,000 creators build and sell online courses that have been shared with almost 20 million students, and we're just getting started. To learn more or start creating for free, visit teachable.com.